Hello and welcome to Transcend. My name is Ains, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm a gay trans man. I'm here to talk mostly about gender and sexuality, but I'll also talk a little bit about mental health, in particular bipolar disorder, OCD, ADHD, and PTSD, since that's what I'm diagnosed with. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Transcend. Today's episode is all about coming out, um, an art that I have perfected over the years. I've come out five times in total, and each time has been completely different. And I'm happy to share my stories in hopes that you either find them funny or they help you find the courage to come out yourself. I do have a couple disclaimers. Um, First of all, it is not safe for everyone to come out, and I want to reiterate that. Please wait until you know you are safe to do so and never shame someone for not being out because they probably have a wonderful and valid reason as to why they are not out. Second of all, everyone comes out on their own timeline and their own amount of times. No one's story is the same and coming out later in life versus earlier in life does not imply anything about your validity of your queer experience. Also, it's okay to come out multiple times because identity exploration is beautiful and necessary and scary and affirming, but amazing. Um, With all of that being said, let's get into my coming out stories. So senior year of high school was the first time that I came out and that was as bisexual. Um, So I had to come out to, you know, various groups of people. Um, And this was all, I like realized that I was bisexual and I think I probably told like my best friend and she was like, okay, cool. Um, And that's Keely who has already been on the podcast. But I think I told her and she like wasn't surprised, genuinely didn't care. Um, And then I started dating my first girlfriend who I talked about in another one of my podcasts. Um, And so she was the reason that I decided to come out to everybody because I'm like, well, I have a girlfriend and I wanted to tell them about her. So um, I told my best friends that I was dating her and they were like, what? Mainly because um, she was a little bit crazy not because she was a girl. So that's kind of unrelated. But um, anyway, so I told all of my friends. um, And then yeah, literally nobody even batted an eye. Um, And then I told my sister next and I was like, hey, I remember we were like standing in my hallway, like my bedroom. And she lived with us at the time. I think it was in between college and grad school. She lived with us for a summer. And, um, so her room was right next door to mine and we were standing in the doorways of our rooms, like having a late night deep talk. And I was like, Hey, um, I'm bisexual and I actually have a girlfriend. And she was like, first of all, I'm so proud of you, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, you're amazing. And you know, I love you. Um, and then she was like, but I'm not surprised. (laughs) And I thought that that was so funny. Um, you know, she genuinely wasn't surprised at all. Um, and that doesn't surprise me because she knows me very well, as do my best friends. And I think they knew that like, I'm just someone who would be open to that in general. So I think it's just not surprising that that's what happened. Um, and then the next person I had to tell was my mom and it was Christmas Eve. No, no, no. It was actually on Christmas. And because I had spent Christmas Eve part of it, like during the day with my girlfriend, and then I was at my dad's house. And I think my dad already knew at this time, and I'll get to him in a second, but um, I needed to tell my mom and it was Christmas. And so we were in the car on the ride home from my grandparents' house. And I was just like, hey, mom, 
Um, and my sister was in the backseat of my car and not my car, my mom's car, but it was me, my sister and my mom in the car. And I was like, Hey mom, um, I have something to tell you. And she was like, Oh my God, what? And I'm like, no, 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 it's not bad. It's not bad. I was like, um, I like boys and girls. And she goes, are you dating blank? And it was the girl that I was dating at the time. And I was like, um, yeah. And she was like, I knew it. And I, because we were playing it off, like we were best friends, you know, so we could have sleepovers and stuff like that. But I think everybody knew at that point. Um, so that was my mom. She wasn't really like mad about it. She just was kind of like weird about it. Like all she said was, are you dating that person? And then she never really addressed it and never really talked about it and acted a little bit weird. Like when I would say like, oh, me and my girlfriend are like, this person's coming over. But again, that was mainly because my mom didn't like that person. Not that she didn't like that I was dating a girl. So it was like different circumstances. Um, My dad, on the other hand, um, I told him and he was immediately so excited and he wanted to meet her so bad. He was like, oh my God, bring her over. Let's have dinner. Tell me everything. And he was like, when did you like figure out that you were bisexual? All of those things. And so I don't know. It was just like, it was a good experience. And, um, my dad was really wonderful about it. So was my sister. And so were all of my friends. And my mom was a little bit weird about it. But again, that was just because she hated that person. Um, so I have to give her credit. Also, she was right. Right. Um, she, she, she hated that person for a good reason. So I don't really blame her. Um, the next time I came out, I was a freshman in college and this is when I came out as a lesbian. So I was dating a boy and we had been dating for like two years and I just realized that I was a lesbian and I was like, fuck, I have to break up with him. So I guess the first person that I came out to was actually my best friend. Um, and it was how I realized that I was a lesbian. I was like, you're telling me that you like look at a man and you genuinely want to have sex with them. And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I think I'm a lesbian. And so, um, at that time I was like, yeah, no, I'm a lesbian. So I had to break up with my boyfriend and I told him and he took it very poorly and was like, no, you're not. What happened to everything that we had? Are you not in love with me? Were you not in love with me? All that stuff, which like at the time I didn't have answers to. Now I'm like, sexuality is fluid. Like it depends on your relationship to gender. It depends on your relationship to trauma. It depends on so many things. Um, but all beyond that, it's just, it's fluid. So like at the time I was a lesbian and that's that. And so he took it very poorly, but that's on him, not me. Um, and then, yeah, I told my best friend and obviously she was cool about it. She was like, oh my God, sick. Yeah. Just keep me updated. Um, and then I told my mom after breaking up with my boyfriend, because I called her crying and was like, he's yelling at me and I broke up with him and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, why did you break up with him? And I was like, oh, it's because I'm a lesbian. And she didn't say this at the time. She just kind of moved on and helped me with the breakup. But like later we had conversations and she was like, I just don't understand why labels matter. Like just bring home whoever you want to. And like in theory, it's like kind of slay. I'm like, yeah, fuck labels. Like just be queer and bring home whoever you want to. Like, I'm glad you're going to be accepting of whoever I want to. It came off kind of hostile though, but she's kind of gotten over that. And I love my mom. Um, but I think, I think it was just so much newness to her and she was raised in Oklahoma in a very like Christian conservative town. And so she'd never really been exposed to any of that until me. So slay, I got her on the queer train. Um, anyway, so that was when I came out as a lesbian. Oh, also I told my dad and my dad was like, it literally doesn't matter to me whatsoever. 
Um, he was like, I'm just happy that you're happy. And then, and of course my dad is someone who always has like so many questions because he really tries to like understand. And so he asked me so many questions. And again, like when, how did you figure this out? And what does it feel like? And is it isolating? And all these sorts of questions. Um, and again, was super supportive of, okay, just bring home whoever you want to. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and then for Christmas, he actually made me a lesbian ornament. Um, so slay. My dad is fucking awesome. Um, and yeah, that's how I came out as a lesbian. And then I came out as, the, yeah, the third time is when I came out as non-binary. And this was like the end of freshman year of college. And um, I had like come out on TikTok basically and like changed my pronouns on TikTok and was making content about being non-binary and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't really tell anybody in real life. It was like my own little private world. Um, but then my sister found out through TikTok and like, confronted me about it and was like, Hey, like, what are your pronouns? And I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, all right, let's have this conversation. So I explained to her that my pronouns were they, them, and that I was non-binary. And, um, she had a ton of questions for me about like, Oh, like, what does that mean? And what does that feel like? And I explained all of that stuff to her and she was like wildly supportive and was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like I'm going to learn so much. And she was like, it's so cool. Like, and she was like, what do you want me to call you? Like, should I call you sibling? And at that time I was like, Oh no, like you can still call me sister, like blah, blah, blah. Cause I just like felt bad. And she continuously called me sibling like from that point on. And that was like the best feeling ever. So my sister was really cool about it. Um, I told my dad and similar to before my dad was like sick I don't care what is that like for you asking me all these questions stuff like that um and then when I told my mom I was so scared to tell my mom for some reason um just because we don't really talk about gender and sexuality and stuff like that and she doesn't really know anything about it um and so I went to tell my mom and I don't even remember how it came up I think we were going to like my grandparents house maybe and I think I was having like a panic attack about worrying about getting misgendered and they didn't know my pronouns so I was just like having a breakdown of getting misgendered by them all the time even though they didn't know that those were not my pronouns and like then I was like stressed about going to the rest of my family and having them be like oh my sweet little girl and all those things and I was like I just can't handle it so I like sobbed to my mom on the couch and was like I explained everything um and I was like, I'm non-binary and like, I'm like, I know that doesn't make sense to you. And I was like trying to explain everything to her and she was just really confused and like didn't understand it. And she's like, what is non-binary? Like, what do you mean? Have you always felt this way? Like, what if you change your mind? And it always comes back to like, what if you change your mind with her? And so she was like, why does it matter? Like, why do you need this label? Why do you need to call yourself this? Like, just do whatever you want to. It doesn't really matter what label. And I think that's because she's like, scared of me having that identity you know what I mean so that was a little bit hard and she was pretty resistant after that like nobody well my dad and my sister and my friends used my pronouns um but my mom was like very bad about using my pronouns which like sucked but I would always correct her and she would be like Meh. you know and she would be like it makes me feel bad when you do that and I'm like okay well I'm sorry they're my pronouns not yours like you're the one messing them up like fix it and then you won't feel bad you know what I mean so that was like, it was just like a little journey with my mom. Um, and then we didn't really talk about it that much, but then like towards the end of freshman year and the summer of, um, like right before sophomore year, I realized that I was gender fluid. 
I started to complain about dysphoria a lot more to my parents. Like I opened up the conversation about gender and dysphoria a lot more than previously. And I educated um, them about trans tape. Like I think that was the first summer that I got trans tape and I was explaining to them why I needed it because I was a lifeguard. And um, obviously I can't bind while I'm lifeguarding. I'm wearing a bathing suit. And so I was like, I need trans tape to like flap myself out. And so I explained the whole process to them and I started showing them a lot more about my dysphoria and um, I remember I put on trans tape and then the first time I had to take it off I didn't know how to take it off and it like wasn't coming off and it was like ripping my skin and I was freaking out and I had my head looking down at an angle where it was like cutting off my blood flow I guess and I had it like that for so long trying to get off the tape that I literally passed out um and my mom came in my room and was like freaking out and I think it was that was like a turning point for her where she was like holy shit this is serious enough where like my kid is doing things to the point where like he's like passing out you know what I mean because he's trying to like relieve this dysphoria I felt like I wanted to explain to them that I was gender fluid because they were having a really hard time conceptualizing the fact that I was like dressing really masculine one day and really feminine one day, but still not calling myself a girl. And so they were like very confused by that. And so I made this like four page diagram and I wonder, I God, I wish I found it before I started this podcast because I would like go through the entire thing. It was really funny though. Like I went through what is the gender binary examples of like binary identities and non-binary identities and micro what are they called micro identities that does not sound right um but like smaller subsets of identities that fall under non-binary like gender fluid and stuff like that um and so I made this whole thing I even made like a scale to show my gender presentation and I was like on one end is masculine and on one end is feminine and in the middle is androgynous and I exist on a timeline that goes back and forth and in between and outside of and all of the above, like all of the above and none of the above all at the same time and at different times and it fluctuates. And I was trying to explain gender fluidity and obviously that's like an in extremely complex concept to understand if you don't, if you're not trans or non-binary and if you've never contemplated gender and you like believe in the gender binary and you haven't separated gender roles, like that is such a complex thing to understand. So I made this huge diagram and I explained it to my mom and I was like, so that's why I'm gender fluid and like I'm non-binary, but like more specifically gender fluid. And that was just like to try to get her to understand. And um, my mom was still very confused and was like, I just don't get it. Like, have you always felt this way? Like, what if you change your mind? All of this stuff. And, um, but I feel like she saw the dysphoria and how severe it was and how much it was impacting me. And she started to chill out with it a little bit more and like get more comfortable with it. Um, my dad was incredibly supportive when I told him and he thought it was super cool. Um, he started reading all these books about trans kids and all of this stuff, which was really cool. Um, and at this point I did not tell any of my extended family. I was out on TikTok. I was out to my friends. I was out to my family, but not my extended family, even as non-binary. Like, I don't even think I even told them that I was a lesbian. Like, my extended family, I just kind of, like, left them in the dark because I didn't want to have conversations about my sex life and my genitals with them, and I feel like that's really valid. So, yeah. Anyway, that's where I was at. The fifth time that I came out was spring semester of sophomore year, which I wasn't actually in school at that time. If you listen to other episodes, you would know that. Um, I dropped out 
well, I medically withdrew. I don't want to say dropped out because that has a negative connotation. Not that there's anything wrong with dropping out. There's many valid reasons to do so. But I medically withdrew because of bipolar disorder in like February of that semester. Um, and so this was like almost a year ago. And I realized that I was a trans man back in like November. And the first person I came out to was the person that I was like talking to at the time. I was like, hey, because I thought that she was a lesbian. And so I was like, I need to tell you, like, I just realized that I'm a boy. So like, if we're going to continue to talk, like, I need to know that you're not a lesbian and you like actually see me as a man. Um, so I had to tell her first. It's a little bit unfortunate that she was the first person that I came out to because things did not end well on that in that story. So that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, but you live and you learn. The second person I came out to was my therapist and my therapist was like, Oh my God, Slay, this is so cool. And she asked me about transitioning and if I have any goals and all of this stuff, it was a wonderful conversation. Um, so my therapist was absolutely great. Um, and then I came out to my friends and my sister and Keely texted me and was like, I'm so excited. I've always wanted to have a boy best friend. And that just like meant the world to me. It was, it was a great conversation. Um, and she didn't like, she wasn't intrusive and like, I don't know. She just was great about it. My sister, same thing. She was like, Oh my God, I have a brother now. Like this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, yeah, I'm so glad you think so. Um, and then that was pretty much it. I left my parents in the dark, my extended family in the dark, but and I wasn't even posting TikTok on content. I think I was posting oh, that. I said that backwards. I was posting content on TikTok about me questioning my gender and like maybe being a boy, but that was it. I didn't say like I'm a trans man or anything. So that was just like with my close friends and my sister and my therapist. Um, and then I went into intensive outpatient program after I medically withdrew and that was in like February. So yeah, almost a year ago. And, um, I came out to that group and, um, we processed a lot of gender related trauma. I processed a lot of stuff related to dysphoria and people misgendering me and being scared to come out and me processing, just accepting my gender in general. And we did this in a group setting. So everybody really listened to me and like heard all of this and everybody else in the room was cis and they didn't really like know anything about trans stuff so they asked me really good questions and I helped them learn and there was like a 65 year old man who had like a trans niece and um he was like I don't know like what to call him or her and all of this stuff and I was like let me help you. Like, I'm like, that's what I'm here for. And so I, he listened to all my stories and I answered questions to him. And, um, it was just like, it was a really cool experience because it was someone who probably never would have confronted anything gender related in their life and may have never respected their niece. And I helped him bridge a relationship there where he now knows to use the right pronouns and to call her his niece. And, to call her by her name and stuff like that. And just to call her and message her in general, just to like keep in touch and show that like he supports her regardless of her gender. And so that like healed that relationship for them. And that healed a relationship for me with like a grandparent figure, you know, because it was like, I felt like he, I felt like he was my grandpa and I was like explaining my gender and he like loved me and accepted me for it. So I talked a lot about it in group. Um, and they're the people who encouraged me to be brave enough to come out to my whole family, like extended family and everything. So I left group one day and I was like, it's now or never. I have the energy. I'm going to do it. So I sent out mass texts in group messages. Um, 
And before I did this, I called my dad. He was the first person that I called. And I was like, dad, I have something to tell you. I was like, I'm actually a trans man and my pronouns are he, him. And I want to go by Ains instead of my full name. And he was like, oh my God, like this is wonderful. And he was like, you're my son. Like I have a son now. This is so cool. I've always had a son. And he was saying all these things. It was like the perfect things that you're supposed to say. That's what my dad said. And it was incredible. It made me feel so good. And we talked about testosterone and transitioning and all these things. And I don't know, he was just super excited for me. It was really, really cool. Um, and then I texted my mom and I explained it to her and didn't get a response from her for a little bit. And while I was waiting for her response, I texted in my two different sides of my extended family, our group chats, and I came out to all of them. And most people reached out individually and were like, you're so brave. I'm happy to know you. I'm happy to love you. I'm, you're wonderful. I'm like, you're so cool. I'm glad to have you in my family. I'm going to love you regardless, all that stuff. And so that was really, really heartwarming. Um, a lot of people just responded in the group chat and were like, oh, cool, or love you, or they like liked the group message text or whatever. And I was like, okay, like it was a little weird, but it was better than nothing. Um, and then some didn't respond at all. And some said that they like, they're like, oh, I need time with this. Or they were like playing victim and they're like, this is just too much for me to understand. Like, I don't get it. And all of that stuff, like it hurt in the moment, but I received enough of a positive response that I focused on that and let the other stuff brush off my shoulders. And like, I just, I don't know. It was something that like I chose to not let have power over me and I just kind of let go and I'm like, you know what, if those people are going to act like that, they're not people that I deserve to give energy to in my life. So I'm going to give energy to the people who supported me and have made me feel welcomed and loved and accepted and that's what I did. Um, and then my mom eventually did reach back out to me. She responded over text and was like, this is really hard for me to understand. I'm going to need to take some time to deal with this and stuff. And I was really unhappy with her response and I cried for a long time about it. I'm not going to lie. Um, because I felt like it was very much playing the victim and like not listening to me and not caring and not being like even acknowledging how hard that was for me to like come out to everybody and thinking about how much support I needed. And she came home and I was like so worried to talk to her. Like I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to have this conversation. And she just swept it under the rug and like, we didn't talk about it and nobody mentioned it. And it was a conversation that we didn't have for a long time. Um, and then eventually I just started like correcting her on my pronouns. And if she called me daughter, I said, Nope, son. And if she used my full name, I'd be like, Nope, it's Ains. And I, it was just like little things like that. And over time she just came to accept it. Um, and then the more, I mean, I've talked about testosterone and how I told her and stuff like that, but the longer it's been, the more accepting she's been and the greater she's been. And I'm very fortunate. Um, and throughout the whole thing, I do want to add I'm incredibly fortunate and I know that I am the minority of how this goes when people come out. I had a safe environment. I wasn't worried about losing my housing situation um, because I had, I have like very liberal progressive parents who are like open to ideas like that. Um, I, I mean, I do have extended family who like either don't talk to me anymore or are like really weird towards me and like, yeah, that's unfortunate, but like I didn't get hate crimed and I didn't get thrown out of my house and like I had in general, most of it was a pretty loving response and I know that that's 
not common and I'm very fortunate and very privileged to have had that. So I don't want that to like, I don't want people to hear this and think that I'm like, this is how everybody comes out. Everyone should come out because everybody loves everybody. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I got incredibly lucky. I did have some hard times with it, but it's nothing compared to what a ton of people go through whenever they come out. So again, I just want to mention that I feel very lucky that these have been my experiences. Um, and I wish that more people got to experience coming out the way that I did. So next, I kind of want to go into um, some tips for coming out or just my thoughts on coming out in general. Um, my first tip is have a plan. And that plan may include a lot of things. For me, my plan was I'm going to make a diagram because I know people aren't going to understand and I need to teach them. So I figured out a diagram is how I'm going to be able to best focus my thoughts when I'm in that emotional crisis situation. So I made a diagram. And then my plan was, who am I going to tell? When am I going to tell them? What am I going to say? And I practice out speeches in my head. Also, by making a plan, I mean plan plan for what's going to happen afterwards. So plan for aftercare, and I'll talk about that later, plan for the worst. But you need to make a plan of how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, who you're going to do it to, and what's going to happen after. And you need to plan out different scenarios. So like, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What's probably going to happen? Stuff like that. You need to be prepared because it's a scary situation to go into. And it's a big life altering decision. Um, and so you need to be prepared. So having a plan, I feel like is essential. Um, having a support system. So my other biggest pieces of advice would be to come out to people who you know are going to be supportive first. So if you can even find one person that's going to be like, I love you and support you through this, come out to them first because you need to have a support system for the people who it's going to be harder to come out to them. You need to have some people that you can go back to and you know that they're going to affirm your identity at the end of the day. Um, my third piece of advice is wait until you are safe. Wait until you know that you're going to have housing. And if this means you have to come out and you know that you're going to lose your housing, wait to come out until you know that you have a secondary source of housing just in case. Stuff like that. Um, wait until you know that you're not going to be in physical or emotional harm for the rest of your life. Like, just safety is key over everything. Um, and like I said earlier, plan for the worst, because if you're planning for the worst, anything better than the worst is going to be better and going to make you happy. So in my head, like my worst case scenario is like, my parents are just going to not believe me. Like I knew that they weren't going to throw me out of the house, but I was like, I was prepared for them to be like, no, you're not. This is not you, blah, 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 blah. And so when they were confused, that was still not a great response, but it was better than what I had anticipated. So Planning and anticipating for the worst, as morbid as it sounds, is kind of necessary in the situation. Um, like I said, come out to the support of safe people first. Um, if you have a therapist and you can come out to them first, that's great. You can practice coming out with your therapist, all of those things. Um, but yeah, those supportive safe people are the first people that you're going to want to come out to. Um, wait until you are strong enough to defend yourself and your identity. So this was something for me that I had to do. I figured out that I was a trans man in November. I waited until May to come out. So that was a solid amount of time that I waited. 
um, what is that? Six months. Yeah. And it's because I wasn't confident in my identity yet. I knew that I was a man, but I hadn't like radically accepted it yet. I hadn't, I wasn't proud of it. I didn't know how I was going to proceed. I didn't know if I was going to transition. And I wanted to have all of those little details figured out before I came out to these people so that any potential question that they threw at me, I would say, I know how to respond to this. And also being proud enough of your identity that you can defend it because if people are going to question it when you come out you need to be like nope this is who I am so like wait until you're at a spot where you can really defend yourself and be your best supporter in that moment um and my last tip is aftercare. I think it's absolutely essential to have a plan for what you're going to do after, whether that's taking a bath or getting ice cream or hanging out with your friends or going to sleep or having a long conversation, journaling, anything that is going to make you feel good and comfortable afterwards. You have to give yourself that because even if you know that it's going to go well, it is still an extremely stressful situation and it's emotionally burdensome. It's so tiring. And so you have to have a plan of what am I going to do after this to mentally recharge so that I feel good about this and everything feels good. Um, and I think that that's everything that I kind of wanted to cover in this podcast. I feel like this is, again, is another short podcast. Um, and I do apologize for that. Part of the short podcast right now is, I am just now starting the school year. We're going into like our second and a half week. Um, and so I'm still figuring out time management with my schoolwork and when I can fit in stuff to do podcast, like podcasting. And um, so right now I've been kind of balancing that. So I haven't had time to do a super long, in-depth podcast. Um, but that will be coming soon. I have a feeling in the next couple of weeks I'll get a better hold on everything um, and I can have longer podcasts. I honestly don't even know if people like longer podcasts. So if that's if you prefer shorter ones, maybe tell me that on TikTok. I'm not really sure. Um, I, but I don't know. I try to shoot for like 30 minutes and I know that this is going to be under that. Um, so I do apologize. But that is everything that I have to say about coming out. Um, I hope this inspires some people to come out if you are safe and ready. I hope that those of you who are already out can relate and laugh about some of my experiences. Um, I hope that those of you who are cis are able to learn how to be supportive when somebody you love comes out. And in general, I just hope that this was helpful to literally a single person. Um, I appreciate you listening today, and I hope the rest of your day or night is absolutely incredible. Thank you.